So welcome to Tentative. <gasps> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Rita's on vacation, so I, I've pulled in Dawn. People will notice that you are not Rita. Yes, I am not. No, I am <laughs> you, not. Do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> yes, I'm Dawn, <laughs> and I'm a designer, and I work at ThoughtBot with Kyle. You, we've spent the last, what, four days in the same room together? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we spend every day That's true. in the same room, but... We were in a more confined room this time. Are you tired of me yet? No. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm recording a podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So we were in a design sprint, and it was a remote design sprint. That was your first time doing that kind of a design sprint remote, right? Yeah. And my first sprint like that, yes. <sighs> Although every every sprint is different, so. That's true. Yeah. What did you think about the differences between doing it in person versus remote? And like, obviously there's going to be trade-offs there, but. You know, I don't mind it. I, I thought that it would be a lot more complicated, but I think we did it really efficiently. We tried out that whiteboard app for the first time and I thought that worked really well. No huge differences to me that may have been because of, you know, how this sprint went and, and the client, but. I liked it. I thought it was totally fine. I wouldn't mind doing a remote sprint again. Yeah, I think that one went extremely well, considering like we didn't usually in the past when I've dealt with design sprints that are remote, it's like you're always dealing with internet issues. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, Google Hangouts held its own for three straight days, which was really awesome. That's usually the biggest problem for me is like getting people on the Hangout <laughs> for whatever that's worth. Like, just being kicked off and, and that did happen like once or twice but for the most part we were we were good yeah now that i think of it i was on chrome the entire time and it was totally fine <laughs> good job chrome yeah but yeah the the other tools that we have set up like using the trello board for design sprints actually i made the comment during the sprint like we were documenting our storyboards as we were uploading them and sharing them. And so the, the extra step of like taking photos while you're in person, is kind of negated because everyone's doing their own documentation, which is nice from my perspective, because we don't have to like assign one person to like take photos or, or be aware that we're making sure that we're doing that. And that, that whiteboard app too, that seemed to be really good. And, and we'll put that link in the show notes. I think it's definitely worth taking just a little bit of time before the next remote sprint that I do to, you know, make sure I can figure out how to draw those arrows, <laughs> <laughs> find my way around the app a little bit easier. But yeah, I liked it a lot. I loved it. And to your point, I think that it was a lot easier to keep everything organized because I just had to worry about my mess as opposed to an entire table's worth of sketches and post-it notes and food everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else worked, like the uh, whiteboard worked really well for communicating and, and generally using what, what we would use a whiteboard for together. Like we drew like what user permissions were going to be on there, a couple different critical paths. Mm -hmm. I feel like we didn't necessarily need to do it for this design sprint, but in futures they have those that post it stuff and it would make it really easy to add an assumptions board and a back burner board with post-its and, and basically mimic the way that we do it in real life. For sure. Yeah, we didn't get to dive into too much of it. 
the only thing that I think we kind of skipped over, we didn't necessarily need to do it for this design sprint for this client, was basically doing a more formal converge storyboard on a whiteboard. And we kind of just like me and you took the reins and just prototyped and put it in Envision. And we kind of walked through that as a group. And that was our final storyboard, which worked out well for this client. But I'm not so sure that in the future that would work out well. Yeah, you're right. That was quite different this time. I think the client was very trusting. So that worked out for us. And we were able to split up just like we did with the sprint, sort of split out the features into smaller parts so that we could, you know, work on the prototype separately and bring it together in the end. One of the other things that I was thinking about, and so I told this, uh, what we did to a couple of other design directors because I was doing one-on-ones. It's interesting, like, we continue to use the word design sprint, even though, and this might just be my own kind of vocabulary or, or what I consider a design sprint, but it was more of like a kickoff, and we just used some of the tools that we'll use during a design sprint, some of the exercises, because we're, we're not doing Im- any immediate validation because it's it's an existing business that, that's already had traction. And so the validation's already there. We were just trying to create a better user experience, start with a better design, and clean up the code base kind of thing. So the need for validation that you typically have at the end of a sprint with the user interviews, we didn't necessarily need to do. Yeah, I really liked the way that we broke the rules for this one. I think that's an important lesson that I always go back to as a designer. You know, the idea of knowing the rules and respecting the rules and then knowing when to kind of put them aside or rework them in a way that's best for whatever you're doing. Yeah, going back to what you said earlier, like every sprint is different. So we shouldn't Mm -hmm. abide by like step one, step two, step three kind of thing unless it it is what that sprint needs. But Mm -hmm. a lot of the times it's going through different exercises and, and trying to mix and match to figure out what's what's the best thing for this client, for this sprint, for this problem. So what's your biggest takeaway from this sprint then? I think my biggest takeaway is I'm super excited to do research on the businesses that are using the app already, going into the restaurants and seeing the existing app and seeing how it's used. I agree. I'm excited about that as well. Even during the sprint, when we were comparing the walkthrough we were getting with the client to the full story interactions that we were seeing in the app that they're using right now, you know, those were quite different at times. So I'm really, really interested to see what it's going to look like on a day to day basis, like while they're juggling all of the other things that they have to do in a restaurant like that. Yeah. I also want to know, like, if the features that they have already are the right feature set. It sounds like they are, but like, it's always nice to go in and, and see them in use and make sure that, that we're doing the right thing. Yeah, Full Story was really interesting. So that's an app that records people's screens. And we had our client throw that in right before we started the sprint. And we were kind of using that to inform a lot of the decisions that we made during the sprint. It was nice from a reinforcement standpoint of like, yes, like they're actively using this. And And in some cases, they were using it in a way that our client wasn't even aware of, which is really cool. He pointed out a couple where like, they were diving in much more detailed views that he thought no one was using. So it's good to kind of, for us to see those and for for him to see those. What do you think we could have done better 
if you could go back, like what would be the thing that you'd start over and say, you know what, this worked okay, or, or this didn't really work that well. Let's let's, or like there's a process here that we could have done better. That's a good question. I think that we could have documented a little bit better. You know, normally in a sprint, we'll create like an assumptions table or an assumptions board where we, you know, instead of talking about the same things over and over, we'll just kind of write down more concise, like things that we think and circle back to those and just kind of constantly have that checking point. I think that we could have documented those sorts of things a little bit better. Maybe it was a product of doing a remote sprint. Maybe it was just not as necessary as it is when you're dealing with a fresh new product. But I guess I would do that over. And maybe a couple of other things. Like I think there were a couple of points where the client was talking about non-MVP features where we could have probably put that into like a back burner board. I thought that we could have skipped it over those both. And I think that probably was a mistake as well. <laughs> I'm not sold on the back burner board because I think he has a bunch of ideas floating up in his head. And by the time we get to where we want to be with the first version, like those ideas will probably change. And having them documented or not probably won't make that big of a difference because we'll mm -hmm. most likely have moved on. But the, the assumptions, the other thing that I would have really liked to start doing before we ran into the kickoff was like doing what we're both really excited about doing, which is going into the restaurant and seeing it in person. I think leading with that kind of information and leading with the full story information helps the design process a lot more. Yeah, I agree. I'm curious to see how this will affect our prototype and how we proceed. And we shall see. <laughs> Anything else that you're excited about right now besides oh. our cool design sprint? This reminds me of a segment in one of my favorite podcasts called What's Making You Happy This Week? <laughs> what is making you happy? That's a, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I did try to think about this a little bit. <laughs> so I'm in a another Slack besides my work Slack. I know it's crazy. And I still, with this group of people that I went to code school with, do highs and lows every Friday. So I do actually think about these kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, this week was a little different because I was like in sprint mode. So my brain gets really full all day. And then, you know, I'm not as active like after work. But yeah, I there's a couple of books that I'm reading. Besides that, nothing terribly exciting. I just started JavaScript for Web Designers, which is a book apart book, and that's exciting and daunting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's making me pretty happy. The excitingness of JavaScript. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> more just like finally doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really cool that you guys are still doing together in Slack what you were doing during code school, which is like what was making you happy and. That's what we should, I think, maybe be doing with an internal stand-up on our investment days on Fridays mm -hmm. is like, kind of like, what are you working on? What are you passionate about? That's usually a question that I ask people I'm interviewing is, it's usually a like telltale sign of like, what are you really excited about right now? Kind of thing. For JavaScript, how much are you diving into it? Are you hoping to do like more animation, more... API kind of thing. So how down the scale of a developer are you going to be? <laughs> See, that's, yeah. I think that my goal right now is to feel like I have 
a better understanding of JavaScript as a whole, which is why I'm starting with the fundamentals so that I'm not just doing this sort of like piecemeal JavaScripting whenever I have this feature and I want to figure out how to make it interactive. And I'm like, oh gosh, what can I put together? What can I Google? (laughs) I want to have a better understanding of it so that I can make more informed decisions about the JavaScript that I write. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Animation might be in my future. Some of the animation stuff that you can do with JavaScript is really awesome. But I enjoy copying and pasting from from the internet and putting it into a pull request and having developers yell at me. Yeah. (laughs) I usually preface it with, uh, just so you know, got this from Stack Overflow. Here it is. (laughs) You're welcome. I made the joke. So like by the end of the week, our developer had gotten the Rails app set up and I was running into issues setting it up. And I copy and pasted a Stack Overflow link, and I was like, will this solve it? And he's like, ah, I don't know. Try it out. <laughs> I was like, my job is just copying and pasting Stack Overflow into an editor. It is true. <laughs> I had to go to a couple different Stack Overflow pages to find it the actual answer for me. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a developer who that's not a part of their right. every day, every hour. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, like even design is is a lot of it's just not knowing the answer and knowing you don't know the answer, but being like, hey, I'm going to figure it out and Mm -hmm. knowing some of the good places to figure out and being unafraid to try and figure it out. I guess that's a huge thing with design, right? Like that's the entire process is having a problem, diverging, coming up with a bunch of solutions and then hopefully finding one that works. Yes, I agree. Which actually makes me think of a conversation that you and I had over lunch earlier this week that put me into a little bit of like this existential crisis. I was like, what kind of person am I? What kind of designer am I? We were talking about like making mistakes. And I was telling you how it makes me really upset when like a performer is doing badly like on stage or or on TV or something. I want to like change the channel immediately. Yeah, and I, I said that there's like there's a lot of beauty in that, right? Right. That, that's what makes yeah. us human is is we're not all perfect, especially when we're up on stage. But it, it is everyone is very similar in that. And like when you look at like how to speak in front of a crowd, like everyone in the crowd wants you to do really well. And I think people focus on the mistakes that they make, and hopefully, like I'm I'm one of those people that like just try to move on. That's one of the reasons that I really like baseball so much. I guess most professional sports is like you're apt to screw up a lot. Like pitchers will throw a home run and it's just, it's a matter of how you recover from screwing up, knowing that you're not going to be perfect, knowing that you're going to screw up and then still being able to recover and do a good job after that. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know much about baseball, but... (laughs) So this podcast is usually me trying, at least in the beginning, is me trying to get Rada to watch baseball. So maybe we'll just turn this into me yes. trying to get <laughs> <laughs> I always start out a sports season like thinking, I'm really going to get into baseball this season. Like I'm going to go to the pubs and, you know, have fun on Sundays watching baseball because I assume that that's like what's happening. Or, you know, the same with football season. And then like three games in, I'm like, God, I can't, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) If it's not for my team just being terrible, it's just because, you know, life. Yeah. 
Life does get in the way. Mm-hmm. So what's making you happy this week? Coffee. <laughs> baseball? Baseball's about to be here. Yeah. Baseball's not here yet. What is making me happy? That is a very good question. See, I didn't come prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think the success that we had, what I feel like was successful, being able to dive back into a brand new Rails app is making me happy because it is nostalgic for me in the way that I haven't been in a Rails app in probably like two or three years, at least a brand oh, wow. new one. And so a lot of my muscle memory is coming back to me, which is nice. And also starting an app from scratch. So if Greenfield app, writing stories with a developer, a lot of that, that stuff's like, that's the fun kind of thing for me. So that's what's making me happy is the stuff that we've already talked about. <laughs> so I guess like after the, the three days, we went right into like you continued on the prototype and I like to pair on, on writing feature stories or job stories. And so me, the developer and the client all sat in and started to plan out based on the really rough prototypes that we, we started off with. Like what are going to be the initial feature set? So writing out job stories and writing out a bunch of them and then prioritizing them. That to me is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been nice having you on the project and just having, you know, two designers on the project in general and being able to kind of choose the thing that we're excited to work on. Because in the same way that you're excited about starting a new Rails app, like I just got off of a Greenfields Rails app project. And so I was excited about getting back into Sketch and prototyping that way because I hadn't spent a lot of time in a design software like that in a long time. So it's funny how that progression happens, right? Like you started off that project in Sketch a lot and prototyping a lot. And then right. at some point, like more of your work gets done in the browser and in some sort of editor. I think for me, that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed about being like a, I guess, full stack designers, like being able to start in one place and end in another. And then being at ThoughtBot where we're a consultancy and we get to start that process all over again is usually like the variety there is what I really love. Yeah, I agree. I was just thinking about that the other week, actually, because I've been on a couple of like small projects in between these two big ones and... I ended up like creating some ads last week, which doesn't sound terribly exciting, but you know, to be able to like switch your brain to different kinds of design thinking, that's really cool. I like that we get to do that too. I don't know if there's anything else we could. Is the JavaScript book good from A List Apart or I guess a book apart? <laughs> a book apart. Oh yeah. I may have said A List Apart on accident. Yeah. I mean, I just got started and so far, the way that, what's his name, Matt Marcus, the way that he describes himself as a designer, like finally taking the plunge into like actually learning JavaScript instead of like we were talking about just copying and pasting. The way he describes it, I feel like I can relate to a lot. So I was excited to get started. And at this point, it's just like really basic sort of tutorial kind of stuff. So I don't have a very good report on it yet, but so far, so good. Is that how you typically learn? So I, I, I've, I've read another JavaScript book that I don't remember, and they have the same kind of tutorial thing. And 
for me, like doing those, like the minute after I'm done, I like basically forget it. Forget and it, the yeah. only way that I really learn something is by building something that I'm passionate about. So maybe there's like an extra step, but for me, if I wanted to really learn JavaScript, like figure out an app or some use case where I can really dig in my heels into JavaScript and do a lot more basically searching through the internet and how to really write JavaScript. But I feel like I didn't learn HTML and CSS until I sat down and did it. And no matter how much reading I do about it or like the tutorials, even building tutorials, like didn't really help me until I sat down and did it for myself. For sure. I, you know, did a lot of tutorials when I first started coding and I mostly use them as references. And I think like for this one in particular, it's really good for familiarizing yourself with like the actual terms and sort of what what they were meant for, what things were created for. That helps me have a better understanding of it in general. But yeah, no doubt I'll have to go in and like open my dev tools and play around with stuff or just start building something. I mean, you know, that's that's how I've survived with JavaScript so far is just like see how we can make this work but (laughs) that's how i do most of my job (laughs) (laughs) everything yeah i don't think that's a bad thing though no yeah i'm getting very warm i'm recording (laughs) under a jacket so i just watched a tedx talk from lulu miller she works for npr and she does one of those npr awesome podcasts and basically gives a talk about how radio is really cool but how people start off either under a blanket or under their jacket or some podcaster has like this weird umbrella setup. It's really good. And I will put it in the show notes. But essentially she boiled it down to like radio is really cool because when you see someone, you have immediate judgment on them of like whatever that judgment is based on how they look. And you don't have the same kind of judgment when hearing their voice, which is interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah, I can agree. And I feel like whenever I see a picture of someone that I've been listening to for a long time, I'm like, but that's not how you looked in my head. <laughs> <laughs> we should share my myself under my jacket recording yes. like a weirdo. It is quite funny, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're a good place to stop. Yeah. Just I calling me a weirdo. Thank you yep, for, you're for, a super weirdo. <laughs> for joining me. Thanks for having me. This was a delight. It was my first podcast. May there be many more. Yes. Cool. You can get our show notes at tentative.fm slash 32. You can reach out to us on Twitter at, at tentative.fm. You can email us at hosts at tentative.fm. I think that's it. Don, do you want to give our awesome listeners a way to reach out to you? Twitter? Oh, gosh. What is my Twitter? Um, <laughs> my Twitter is Dawn Dig, so D-A-W-N-D-I-G, cool. an old craft business I had a long time ago. That's, that's what my name was. Anyway, that's how you reach me on Twitter, and it should link you to my website, dawndelat.com, and you can shoot me an email from there as well. Cool. So everyone, shoot Dawn emails. Shoot them to me. Shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for filling in for Rita. Bye.